Well, good morning and welcome to the Vineyard. It is good to see you this morning. I see several new faces, some I've met, some I have not yet. I know some are visiting from out of town and, and some of you may be new to town and I'd just like to take a minute and just say welcome. Uh, hope you love your stay in Bloomington if you're visiting. There's lots of cool things to, see, to, to do, lots of cool places to eat, which is always right on top of everybody's list, right? Yeah, right? Right. Thank you, Don. I appreciate you so much. Um, uh, my name is Dave, and I have the privilege and the honor of serving as pastor uh, uh, here at the Vineyard. And um, I, I, I love that because so often I get to see firsthand what God is doing in people's lives. Because I know, you know, sometimes I, as, as I look out and I look at everybody, I I, I see, you know, people that, that God is just doing so much in their lives and, and you know, there's growing in leaps and bounds and, and all these things are happening. Uh, and, you know, part of that was, uh, 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 it's been taking place in a, in a young couple that, uh, whose wedding I had the honor of doing last night. Now it's awesome, but they're not here today, of course. But, you know, I, I, I get a chance to see that and yet... <laughs> Yeah, they're on their honeymoon. I get a chance to see that, so, you know, but, and then I see other people sitting right next to them, and I'm thinking, you know, they don't have a clue what's going on in that person's lives, and I wish we could just share more. So I want to encourage you to share on the Holy Spirit story so we can help us compile what God is doing in your life, and then we'll be looking in different ways to, to share those with everybody. Well, we're in week three of our series called Something More. We're talking about going after a life of something more. That sense that we have in our, in our lives sometimes where there, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than I'm experiencing. There's something that's missing. There's got to be, there's just something more. We're talking about creating a climate of spiritual growth and going after that so that we can live the fullness of life that Jesus uh, said he wants us to live when he said I've come to you and have, have life and have it to the full or have it in all its fullness or have it abundantly depending on what translation you use and there is so much more that he has for us for every one of us he has so much more and we want to go after it want to go after it full speed with everything we've got in week one, we talked about cultivating a spiritual thirst, and it starts with a, it all starts with a spiritual thirst in our lives. You know, it, it begins with a desire for more and a, and, and, and a hope for something more and a, a thirst for God's presence where you just, you, you know, it's like that thirsty person in the desert, you know, they're, they're, they're looking for water, they're looking for something to drink, and the longer it goes on, the thirstier they get, and the more intense they get in that search for, for something to drink. We talked about Psalm 42, you know, as the deer longs for the streams of water, so my soul longs for you, O Lord. So we've, we, 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 you know, we talked a lot about that, and, and you know, um, uh, the, and, and that we all have a kind of a built-in thirst for something more than when that thirst is, is directed toward a life-giving relationship with God. You know, we long for Him like the deer longs for the water brooks. Jesus said, you know, and the thing is, it, when we have that thirst and we go after it, we know that it will be th satisfied. We know that Jesus will meet us there because in Matthew 5, 6, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So this something more kind of life begins with a spiritual thirst for more. 
Last week we talked about uh, learning to pay attention to the influences that are all around us. Because everywhere we go, every, everything we do, we are completely surrounded all the time by, by a culture that, and by people that are influencing us. And we need to become aware of the level of influence that different ones have on us. And, be, become, uh, and need to become aware of the, 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 the way things influence us. Now last week I shared about a time when, when we lived in Fort Wayne. It was in, the, uh, it was, it was in the, the 80s. We lived in Fort Wayne and I was working retail. I was you know, walking into a mall one day to go to work and I noticed, you know, the Lord showed me something. I walked through the door and as soon as I walked through the door and I heard the music playing on the radio or, or the intercom and it was Chuck Berry, Johnny Be Good. Now I shared this last week and then I talked to some people, yeah, I think I might know that song. I might have heard it. How many know the song Chuck Berry's Johnny Be Good? How many do not? You seriously do not? Oh, my goodness. See me after church. I'll look it up on YouTube. It's a great song. But anyway, I, I, I'm just an older guy, I guess. Me and Rich, we're older, right? We know that song. No, I can't do the walk. Like I said, I'm older. My knees are, are you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, anyway. And then they said, oh, yeah, I remember it was in that movie. And I'm thinking back to the future. And Yeah, I said, well, it was way out, way before that movie came out. So anyway, um, but I, I noticed something. When I hit the, came in the doors of the, of the mall, and that was playing, all of a sudden, you know, I was just a little bit through the store, and the Lord pointed out to me and said, you know, when you, as soon as you heard this song, your attitude changed. Your outlook changed. Your countenance, the step in your walk, you started walking different as soon as you heard that. You weren't aware of it, but as soon as you heard that, it started, you know, you, you, you changed. It affected you. And the Lord was just showing me uh, what good music was. No, no, no. Um, the Lord was just showing <laughs> The Lord was just showing me so that I could be aware of the things that influence me and the, and, and the way they influence me all the time. You know, I'm one that the music hugely influences, hugely. I mean, I'd have it on the car all the time when I'm in the car. You know, it used to be when the kids were learning to drive, I, would, I, I, I was the parent who, you know, the kids would get in the car after me, they'd start up the car, and I was like, oh, you know, turn that radio down, you know, just because it was blaring, you know. My parents told me to turn it down when I was living with them, and then now my kids tell me to turn it down, and even still, I have it on the living room. Could you turn that down a little bit, Dad? Um, you know, and... And I, I used to sit there and listen to lyrics and songs and analyze them and all of this. But even when I'm not doing that and I'm just listening to it, it affects me. The things that we are surrounded by affect us. They influence us. And we don't even realize it all the time. So we talked about that last week. And, 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 and becoming aware of just how much our surroundings really do influence us. And if we want to be able to face our difficulties, if we want to be able to face our circumstances with, with, with faith rather than fear, then we need to begin to immerse ourselves in God's Word. As Paul said in Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. Therefore, we need to make sure that we are surrounding ourselves 
with, with life-giving influences like the Word of God, surrounding ourselves with life-giving influences um, and not just taking, you know, uh, letting all the influence around us affect us how, how they would, but, but make sure we have life-giving influences. Today, we're going to talk about, continue talking about going after more. We're going to talk about the words that we speak the, and the impact that they have on their lives. Jesus said in Matthew 12, he said, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. I mean, I th- every time I read that, I think, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. I am in trouble. You know, every careless word, you got to be kidding. I, yeah, anyway, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm typically, I tend to be a quiet person, but sometimes when I talk, my mouth doesn't stop. And, and, you know, I have to watch that. And then he says, for your, by your words you'll be justified, and by your, your words you will be condemned. Jesus is saying that the words that we, that we speak carry a tremendous weight. It's not just about how our words make other people feel. It's also about the impact that our words have on our own lives. And so today we're going to talk about how to use the words we speak to create a culture of, of increase, a climate of spiritual growth, and to begin with, in the process, we need to do something. And what we need to do is begin to get in the habit of listening to what we say and how we say it. We need to listen to what we say and how we say it. How we speak affects our lives. It affects our relationships, those around us. And I'm not only talking about the words that we speak, but the tone of our voice and the inflections that we use. In fact, the tone of our voice often communicates as much or even more sometimes than the actual words that we use. And it all has an effect on our relationships and our own lives. It's, it's, you know, the overall environment of our spiritual life. So I'm challenging us to get in the habit of listening to what we say and how we say it. Two good reasons we should do this. We should listen to the words we speak. First, our words reveal what's really in our heart. They reveal what's really in our heart. There's a connection between the condition of our heart and the content of our speech. As Jesus said in Matthew 12, he said, The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Not what we want our heart to be full of, but the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Or another translation, the mouth speaks out of the overflow of the heart. If you want to know what's really in your heart, then keep track of the words that come out of your mouth every day. Are they words of, of, of fear or faith? Are they words of hope or despair? Are they words of encouragement or discouragement? Victory or defeat? Joy or sorrow? Peace or turmoil? What are the words that come out of our mouths? You know, people like to say, well, you know, it's what's in the heart that counts. And while that may be true... If the words coming out of our mouth don't line up with what we think is in our heart, then we're fooling ourselves about where our heart is. So listen to yourself. Because Jesus said the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Not only the words we speak to others, but also the words we speak to God and the words we speak to ourselves throughout the day. Let me ask you something. Have you ever listened to yourself as you pray? Ever listen to yourself as you pray? I have. 
and ended up thinking, you know, I need to change the way that I pray. What kinds of things dominate our prayers? What kind of things do we pray about? Do we pray about like, you know, Lord, help me pay this bill? Help them not to take away my car because I didn't pay for it? Do this for me. I need you to do that. Lord, I want to do this. Do we ever pray things, God, show me how to live for you. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I'd walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name. Examine my heart. Show me what's in here. Lord, I'm having trouble with this relationship over here. Show me what I need to change. Think about, you know, two different types of prayer there, two different focuses, and the thing is, we need to be praying both of those things. Some people feel like they can't go to God for their needs. They can't ask God for their needs because, because he, he's so busy with other things and, and you know, um, um, I really shouldn't be praying for myself. I should just always pray for other people. That's not right. We need to get, take our needs to God. We need to take those things to Him. But other people, you know, that's all they do. That's, the, that's 99% of their, of their prayer time is that. We need to be praying both those things. Taking our needs to God and asking Him to transform us into the image of Christ. The words we speak in prayer reveal what the priority is in our uh, in our heart, and, and uh, uh, they reveal to us really our view of who God is. The, the Lord has really been putting something on my heart lately, and you know, I've been looking a lot at, at John chapter 15 for the last few years. Um, and I want to share something. If I don't share anything else I plan on sharing, I want to share this. The prayers we speak to God reveal what's in our heart and what we really believe about God. And what's in our heart matters when we come to God in prayer. Do we come in confidence? Do we come in faith and in obedience? John 15, 7, Jesus gives us tremendous promise. He says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want. And it'll be granted. When you get home, you can read the rest of John 15. I highly recommend it. It's an awesome chapter. But I want us to see something this morning because it's so important. First of all, how many have ever looked at that verse and really struggled with it and thought, it doesn't seem to work for me? Yeah, I have several. It doesn't seem to work for me. Then, and, and, and here's the thing. God's word is always truth. His promises are reliable. But what we have to understand about this is the context of the prayer is our relationship with God, our connection with him. Often we want to look at the promise and say, okay, Jesus said, you know, remain in me and my words remain in you. You may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Okay, God, you said, you said for it. You said you'll grant me whatever I ask for, do whatever I want. 
but we don't stop to think that we might be living in a way that doesn't honor our relationship with him. Maybe we're not walking in obedience. I'm not saying this is always the case. There's, there, there's other things to look at, but this is the big one. I've seen a lot of people that, you know, that have told me, you know, they've gone to God and they've prayed to God and, and God, you know, didn't do this and he didn't do that. And yet their life shows no evidence of even attempt to obey God. They're just doing whatever they want. It's like the book of Judges. Uh, what, what's it say? Every, you know, in those days, there wasn't, Israel had no king. Everyone did whatever they saw was right, you know, whatever, whatever they wanted. Um, and they might say, well, I'm a Christian. They might say, well, I'm a believer, but they're just giving lip service, you know. They're not following him in his ways. And, you know, they're not living in the context required to activate the promise. We can't ignore God in how we live our daily lives throughout the week and expect Him to jump every time we call. Jesus wants to answer our prayer more than we can imagine. But more than that, He wants to be Lord of our lives. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, God's only going to answer your prayer if, if you you know, got all your ducks in a row and, you know, you're, you're not doing, you know, making any mistakes, not doing anything wrong. I, you know, I, God is a gracious God. I'm not, I am not saying that. But the fact is, Jesus did not go to the cross so he could be our personal puppet. He went to the cross to redeem us from our sin so that we could live free from its power. And we are called to live by God's ways, not the cultural norm of what's around us. So we need, I challenge you to take that home and think about it as you read John chapter 15. Again, I've shared before, we are in a journey. None of us have it together. None of us have it all, all right. But there's a difference <laughs> between the heart that is, this. I see Jesus and I'm moving toward him. I'm moving toward him. I'm day by day, I might fall, I might stumble, but I'm getting up and I'm moving toward him. There's a difference between that <clears throat> and the heart that says, hey Jesus, yeah, you just stay over there, I'll let you know when I need you. And he says, you know, come, come, come here, do the, you know, come closer, come, nah, you're okay, I'm, I, I'm good, I'm, you know, I, I know you're there, I raised my hand in church once and and, you know, um, you're cool. You know, I want to be with you someday. You know, I don't want to go to that other place. I want to be with you. But, uh, hey, for now, I'm going to hang out with my friends. And I, I got a party to go to. I'll see you later. There's a difference. Both can say, I believe in Jesus. One's life shows it. And one's life doesn't. That makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. One's living for the Lord, the other one's fooling himself. That's exactly right. And how often do we fool ourselves? Yeah, and he pretends to be a believer. And you know what? He may be. I don't know. 
I'm not the judge of anyone that, that you know, but, but you look at the fruit of their lives. You look at the fruit of their lives. So, uh, <clears throat> there's a connection between our heart and our mouth. So let's pay attention to what comes out of our mouth and as we're, as we're talking God and saying, yes, Lord, and, or no, Lord, whatever. So, um, Book of James says in 126, if you claim to be religious, in other words, you know, I follow Jesus, you know, I, I claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue. You're fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. And today, I don't think it's a stretch at all, and you've heard me talk about this before, to include the communication online and social media. You know, it used to be our words just came out of our mouth, but today our words come out of our fingertips and flow rather f freely as well. Um, that's why listening to ourselves becomes such a, <coughs> a wake-up call. We pay close attention to what's kind of our, our, our mouth, and, you know, when we do that, we realize, wow, that's what's in my heart? I realize I was just really short with that person. That's what's in my heart? This is who I am? I need to make some changes. Your words tell you about, or, uh, tell you, about you, so get in the habit of listening to what you say and how you say it. Another reason to pay attention to what you say is your words have the power to help you change. The words that you speak can help you change. If, you, if there is something that you need to change in your life, something that you're not satisfied with, something you feel like there's got to be more in this area of my life, then pay attention to the words that you, that you speak because they can help you change. Paul talks about the connection between the condition of our heart and the content of our, of our speech. In Romans 10, he says, if you openly declare, what's that? The words of our mouth. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God, and it's by openly declaring your faith that you're saved. The Gospel of Mark, Jesus, uh, again, makes a connection between our heart and our words. When he says in chapter 11, I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it'll happen, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I've had people tell me that verse before and say, well, I, you know, I, I just tried that, and it didn't work. And I'm thinking, yeah, you really didn't believe in your heart. Here's what I'm saying. It's not enough just to want things to get better in your life. It's not enough to just to hope things will get better in your life. You need to confirm with your words what you're ready to believe in your heart. Confirm with your words what you're ready to believe in your heart. You need to hear yourself speaking words of faith out loud to yourself and in your conversation with others. Why? Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God or the word of Christ. We can't talk defeat all day and expect to experience victory. We can't complain all day and expect to experience joy. We can't be critical of every situation and expect to experience contentment. We can't give voice to every worry in the world and expect to experience God's peace. Now, I'm not talking about 
faking it and just this positive confession teaching that's been out there. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about speaking out truth that we've filled our heart with. Not denying the difficulties, not denying the problems, not denying, not talking about that, but I'm talking about speaking truth into our circumstances. The words set the tone for your outlook each and every day. Your words set the tone for your outlook each and every day. The words you speak. And they set the stage for what God can do next in your life. That's why it's so important to pay close attention to what you say and how you say it. Now, I want to briefly look at three areas of uh, conversation. Three main areas of conversation. First, our conversation with God. You can be gut-level honest with God. You can tell Him exactly what's on your mind and what's in your heart. No holds barred. Be honest with Him. I mean, do you think He doesn't know anyway? He's omniscient. He knows everything. He knows what's in our heart. But there's something about telling Him. There's something about expressing it to Him. So come to Him and be honest with Him. That, you know, da King David modeled complete transparency before God. Psalm 42 verse, or 142, verse 2, he said, I pour out my complaints before him I tell, and, and tell him all my troubles. And guess what? When he did that, he didn't get struck by lightning. And neither will you. You can tell God what's on your heart. You can tell him what you really think. You can tell him what you're feeling or, or, or what you really... Now, some say you can tell God off. I don't go for that. You know, be respectful but be honest. I mean, he is God, and we are not. So be respectful, but be honest. God, I don't understand this. I don't understand why this happened or why this didn't happen. I don't understand how I could be in, in this situation. I don't understand. Where are you, God? We can be honest with him. So pour it all out. But don't stop there. As you pour out your heart to God, speaking about your fear and frustration, and, and you know, about your, speak to Him about your struggle with faith. Tell Him, God, I want to trust you, but I'm just really having a hard time with it. And ask Him to help you to trust Him. But then, then direct your heart toward God and your mouth toward words of faith. That's what David did a few verses later in verse 5. He said, Then I pray to you, O Lord. I say, you are my place of refuge. You are really what I want in life. So, so I, I, I pour out my heart to God, but then uh, I, now I'm saying, but Lord, in the midst of all of this, you are my refuge. You are the one I want. We direct our hearts toward him. We direct our words toward him. So pay attention to your prayer life and make the intentional decision to lay before God you know, everything that's in your heart, and then the intentional decision to speak all the hope from your heart as well, and the faith from your heart as well, and victory from your heart as well. Second, your conversation with yourself. You know, so if, if what Paul says in Romans is true, when he says faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, we know it's true, scripture is true, then we should be speaking God's word to ourselves throughout the day. Right? Listen to what God said to Joshua in Joshua 1.8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. 
not just in your heart. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. You may not always be able to control what you're feeling. You may not always be able to control your emotions. Sometimes your thoughts are going to just run wild. But you can take charge of what you say by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can choose to speak the Word of God into your life's circumstances. This is one of the many benefits of memorizing Scripture. As King David said in Psalm 119.11, I, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Quick example of just kinds of things you can speak into your life. Philippians 14, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now that's not, you know, I'm never going to, you know, do lots of things that God didn't intend me to do. This verse is saying, I can do whatever it is God gives me to do, whatever it is he calls me to do, I can do it because he's going to strengthen me to do it. So we can't ever tell God, God, you want me to do this, I know that, I'm sure of that, but I can't. It doesn't fly. Because we can do everything that he's called us to do. All things through Christ who gives us strength. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. <laughs> the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. In other words, you are not singled out, no matter what you may think, no matter what the enemy may be telling you. Temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. God, you say in your word, that when I'm tempted, tempted, you will show me a way out. So show me a way out now. Isaiah 26.3, this is my go-to. Isaiah 26.3 is my go-to when I'm worried, when I'm in turmoil or something and turned up, when I have a hard time sleeping. This is my go-to verse. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, whose thoughts are fixed on you. Say, Lord, I trust you. I'm fixing my thoughts on you. Fill me with that peace, because you promise it in your word. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I may not see the fruit of anything. I may not see what, you know, the results I want. But this tells me the fruit, uh, uh, or my, my labor for the Lord is not in vain. Those are uh, just a... a, a small, minute sampling of the things, uh, of things, the types of things we can speak into our own lives. And as we hear ourselves speak the Word of God throughout the day, it strengthens us. But I'm also talking more than, than just about quoting Scripture. I'm talking about speaking empowering truth to ourselves throughout the day. Things that, that words of faith and words of hope, words of peace... You know, God, I know that you're going to get me through this. I know that you have a solution to this problem. I know that you're guiding me every step of the way. And, and you know, speak with confidence in your tone, not despondency. Oh, I know you're going to get me through this, God. Oh, my goodness, I hope you do it soon. 
No, but like, God, I know you're going to get me through. This is hard. This is difficult. But I know you're with me. You promise you're with me and you're going to get me through it. And and, you know, with that kind of tone, speaking words of hope and faith, I like what Todd White said. He said, the words you speak when you know who you are become spirit and life. The words you speak when you know who you are become spirit and life. Problem with that is so much of the church doesn't know who they are. So many believers don't know who they are. They know who they used to be. They're well acquainted with who they used to be, but they don't know who they are now. They don't know who they are in Christ. They don't know their identity in Christ, that, that, that the old man is dead. And they are new creations. They are new creatures in Christ. One of my favorite things about School of Kingdom Ministry is the focus on the teaching of identity. A whole unit on that. It's one of the key units. Who am I in Christ? Because when you know who you are in Christ, there's all kinds of power, all kinds of faith that's released in your life. Third, our conversation with others. You know, often when I, when, I, when I talk about the words that we speak to others, I'm talking about the impact that we can have on their lives. I'm turning that around and want to just take a minute and, and talk about how the, the way we speak to others affects ourselves. Because it not only has power over somebody else's life, it has power over our own. For example, Proverbs 13.3, the one who guards his mouth protects his life. So you're watching what you're saying, you're guarding your mouth, you're protecting your life. Proverbs also says, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise person holds it in check. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but when we're wise, we hold that in check. Why? Because of the destructive power that anger has, not only in someone else's life when we unleash it, but in my own life when it's unleashed and the effect that it has. We're not going to take time this morning to talk about all the implications of those verses, but the, they're good ones just take home and meditate on. For now, just say there are times to talk and times to remain silent. And when it is time to talk, real quickly, talk with the intent of getting advice and with the attent, intent of acting on the advice that we receive. That's, that's, that's a must. When we go with someone, you know, and, and we want advice. We don't want to just talk. We want advice from people and we, from the right people, and we want to be willing to act on that advice. We're not looking for a solution. We just want to talk. But if we are, then look for someone who can speak with wisdom and talk to them. Be ready to act on it. Secondly, talk about the solution you're pursuing more than you talk about the problems you're facing. A lot of times I run into people and they want to just talk on and on and on and on about the problems they're facing. And they're not interested in talking about a solution. Whichever one we focus on is going to be the one that has more power over us. I mean, there's so much that could be more that could be said about our words, 
<clears throat> so much more that could be said about the way we talk. We just don't have the time. Let me give you one final verse to think about as the worship team comes up. <clears throat> Proverbs 16.24 says, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, and health to the body. Gracious words like a honeycomb. Ever see a honeycomb? Ever hold a honeycomb? Take a honeycomb out of a jar full of honey. It just drips sweetness. Just drips sweetness. And the thing about that is it starts going all over. There's no clean way to hold a honeycomb that's full of honey. Pleasant words are like that. Gracious words are like that. They can't help but affect the relationships in your lives. People like honey. They like graciousness. They like the sweetness. Let's pray. Father, I ask that our words would always be gracious. I ask you, Lord, that the words that come out of our mouth would be sweet like honey. And as they hit the ears of the hearer, whether that be ours or whether that be others, they'd have the effect of imparting graciousness and life and love. Lord, change our hearts so that the words that we speak would reflect the more that you're wanting to bring into our lives. That the words that we speak, Lord, more and more increasingly would begin to be filled with faith with hope, with love, with confidence, with boldness, with faithfulness. May the words that flow from our hearts also direct our hearts in the way that you would have us to go. Lord, we are hungry for more. We are thirsty for more more of you, more of your presence. Lord, let the words of our mouth facilitate that and not inhibit it. In Jesus' name, amen.